Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I am Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication known as the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by as giving it as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you will receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. If you would like to join the ALPO, you can do it for as little as $18 a year. For more information, visit us on the internet at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And also, this podcast has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. Today on the podcast, we're talking to someone who has an observatory in Bend, Oregon. Not just any observatory. This observatory is connected to a brewery. Join us now, will you, on the Observer's Notebook. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. We have a special guest today, uh, Grant Tandy. Grant, why don't you say hello to our listeners and give them a little bit of background about yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Grant, like Tim said. Really happy to be on the podcast today. Um, I'm an astronomical interpreter. I live in Bend, Oregon. I used to work for the Oregon Observatory out in Sun River. And astronomy for me has just been a big passion the last five years or so. It's always been something I've been really interested in. Um, and after working at the Oregon Observatory a few years, I started um, running the only Bend-based observatory uh, called the Hawk Observatory, which is located at Worthy Brewing. Uh, now, now, you called yourself an astronomical interpreter? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? So just as some people interpret languages, I'm trying to interpret uh, the beauty of the night sky to guests that come through that might not, um, you know, have any background in it or, um, you know, cause it's a lot of big numbers. Some of it's pretty hard to grasp. So okay. just trying to break it down and put it in scalable terms that, uh, 
you know, people can understand. Okay, great. Now, how long have you been at uh, the Hop Observatory? Uh, I've been at the Hop Observatory for just about two years. It was actually, um, you know, we opened May of 2017. Uh, mm. Kind of crazy it's been that long. Yeah. Now, you're also a, a JPL Solar System ambassador? Yeah, I've been in that program just over a year. Um, my boss, or former boss from the Oregon Observatory, Bob Grossfeld, um, he's the professor of astronomy at COCC, the local community college in Bend. And um, he's been part of the program for about 18 years. So when I kind of migrated over to uh, Worthy and started doing my own thing, I thought it would be a really cool program to get involved in just to, you know, do some informal um, professional development and stuff. So I applied and got into that program and it's been really cool. We attend, uh, you know, teleconferences. I've got to go to a workshop at APL on the East Coast. So um, it's been really cool to be a part of. Oh, great. So you do outreach. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much a way for, um, you know, NASA and JPL to link up with people that are already involved strongly in their communities and, um, you know, just give them better information and share exactly what they're doing and allow us to ask questions to the mission scientists so we can better, um, you know, do outreach and educate the public and stuff like that. Fantastic. Yeah, I was a JPL ambassador for many, many years, right when the program started. But oh, life really? has changed and gotten away, and I, I haven't yeah. uh, done any in a while. So they, I guess they took oh, me off the list. I no longer, no longer get the badges. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that is the cool thing. You get the cool badge. <laughs> yeah. Now, I had a recent trip up to Bend, Oregon. I was visiting some friends there, and they said, you want to go have a beer? And I went, sure, let's go have a beer. And they know my background in astronomy, and they know I do this podcast. And lo and behold, we ended up at uh, at a brewery with an observatory on top. Yep. And yeah, pretty that, amazing. That, I feel like there's a there's a definite gravitational pull. If you come into the Bend or Central Oregon area and you have some sort of uh, interest in astronomy, you're probably going to find yourself drinking a beer at Worthy. <laughs> and I did. Now, the title of it is what, the Worthy Garden Club? Yeah, the Worthy Garden Club is actually the nonprofit end of uh, the Worthy organization as a whole. And um, that started off with our gardens that uh, if you come to Worthy, you see out front. Um, and the owner of Worthy is always, you know, he's a guy that's really passionate about science in general. Mm -hmm. um, so that eventually led to, hey, let's just expand this program to not only include gardening on one arm, but include, you know, um, a galactic garden with the observatory. So we're kind of touching on two different things. And uh, the goal with that was kind of, um, you know, not, not only just to look out into space, but um, using the perspective that astronomy gives us to look back at the earth. And um, we're all about sustainability and, uh, you know, being really cognizant of our impact uh, on the environment and stuff. So it's kind of uh, both sides of that. I see. Yeah, I was rather disappointed. I was there during the day and it was a cloudy day. So you weren't doing any solar observing or anything like that either. So I need to get back up there and visit you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, how did you get involved with it? Um, so I was, you know, working out at the Oregon Observatory in Sun River, which is a relatively big facility nearby. Um, it's one of the big, biggest public observatories in the state. And, um, you know, just doing public outreach there, going to schools, running telescopes, all that kind of stuff. And 
Um, you know, I'd heard locally that uh, Worthy was going to build this observatory. And, you know, I was like, I have to be involved in this mm -hmm. somehow. Uh, it, it was kind of my local spot anyway. It was pretty close to my house. So I would ride my bike over, have a beer and eat some food and stuff. Um, so I just kind of kept, uh, you know, getting in contact with the owner, talking to him about it. Cause I knew that he was going to need somebody that knows at least a little bit about astronomy and telescopes to, um, run the program to do some outreach. So, um, our, uh, you know, ideas on the project aligned and I was hired on to, to run the observatory. That's fantastic. Now you said it opened what, three years ago? Uh, two years ago now. Two years, two years ago. And it's a nonprofit. So how, how, or do they have fundraisers or how do they fund the facility? Yeah. So my nightly viewing program, um, brings in a good amount of money for our programs. Uh, we pretty much, um, encourage donations, you know, okay. we don't charge anyone for viewing because we want, um, all people to have access to this. So, uh, it's just like a $5 suggested donation. And, um, the busy season we get potentially a couple hundred people a day. Um, wow. so that really, uh, brings in funds to offset operational costs and, um, if we have to do any maintenance on the telescope or, um, you know, buying, uh, promotional materials, stuff like that. So, um, that really helps offset. We also will do some educational events a couple of months, uh, and we're really brewing's event hall where we'll, you know, do a fundraiser, sell tickets for the event. And we'll have a professor come by. Um, we've done some with, uh, Bob from the Oregon observatory. A couple oh. other staff have come by and, uh, we've had Scott Fisher, who's the lecturer and professor at university of Oregon. Um, and he runs the pine mountain observatory east of Bend. Okay. So that's been really cool to partner with these local facilities. And, um, you know, we've even done fundraisers for them. So, um, have like a pint night, you know, where they will <laughs> up raise some money for them. So that's a pint cool. night, not, not many observatories can say they have a pint night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, so you, you are tied into local college. What about any local astronomy clubs or things like that? Yeah, so the Sisters Astronomy Club, um, we're at least very good friends with. We don't uh, do a ton of events um, because they are in Sisters, and they kind of have their own program going on, but we know those guys pretty well. Um, the Bend Astronomy Meetup Group, I'm a co-organizer with, um, and they'll do, you know, an event once a month or so. Well, the, they'll meet up at different locations or have a talk somewhere. So um, we've planned a few of those at the observatory where we do a talk and then do some viewing up in the observatory. Um, so, you know, there is a big or a relatively big um, astronomy community in Bend, and it seems like it's forming and expanding more and more as, uh, you know, more people move here. But uh, we just have such beautiful skies around the area. If you go east of town, you know, you're in some of the darkest skies in the U.S., um, just an hour, hour and a half east of Bend. Yeah, when I was up there, my friends, they moved up there from down Southern California where I live, and everybody's moving up to Oregon, it seems like. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, and it's, a, like you said, it's a beautiful area. I love Bend. Bend it's, yeah. Whenever I drive through Oregon, it's usually a place where I stop, and now I have another reason to stop. That's really good. Yeah, now, uh, you mentioned um, your nightly programs. What does that entail? 
Yeah. So um, we kind of started off our programs with doing more structured tours where people would come in and we'd have a group of 20 people. That's about the max that will fit in the observatory at one time. And we would do kind of like a guided program where we'd show a select number of objects. We quickly found that uh, with the volume of people that are coming through Worthy, that kind of program wasn't super viable. So we sort of switched over to doing a more free flowing program like, um, you know, like the Griffith Observatory in LA, they kind of have the door open and mm -hmm. people can come in. Obviously, we don't have the lines like you do there. So don't worry. If you're going to come by, you're going to be able to look through the telescope. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty much an open door policy. We uh, start at 8 p.m. at least right now, springtime. Right. Uh, and go for an hour or two, kind of depending on uh, the flow of the crowd and how many people are wanting to come up. So, um, you know, I generally will start off with, uh, a planet if planets are available um, or the moon and then as it gets a little darker we'll transition over into uh, some deep sky objects so really excited about uh, the spring sky as you know uh, it's galaxy season so mm -hmm. I've been looking at a lot of different galaxies recently and uh, that's been a lot of fun now that's your that's your nightly observing session what about like public programs for special events like if we're doing a private tour or something? Well, it's uh, a lunar eclipse or something like that. I mean, it's... Oh, okay. Yeah, it would be uh, something uh, fairly similar. The last uh, lunar eclipse we had, it was actually cloudy, but, um, you know, we promoted that whole day because we really wanted to view it, <laughs> uh, of course. And, you know, it. we ended up actually just doing a uh, live stream in the observatory. We have a TV monitor in there, oh. so... Um, we just live stream instead, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, you know, depending on the event, we'll be open and, um, have people come up to view. Great. Now do you have private events as well? Yeah. Um, we've kind of offered for, uh, school groups and if someone wanted to book it like a company or something, um, that's another way that we can generate some donations. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've had different companies just around town that have been wanting to schedule a party and then they'll book the observatory with that. And, um, you know, we'll have a group of like 20 people come up and I'll show them, um, you know, it depends on how many people, if we have a smaller group, I can show them obviously more objects, but you know, three, four different objects and explain what we're looking at and stuff. So that's um, a lot of fun Th throughout the school year. I'll do uh, private tours for, um, the local schools and stuff like that. I, I kind of reach out to them and, you know, what is the best way that we could combine our program with your uh, science and space curriculum. So um, we're trying to, to reach out and have it accessible to um, younger folks as well. That's, and that fit, ties right into being the solar system ambassador through JPL because they have tons of material that you could also uh, hand yeah. out. Absolutely. It's really cool to be able to access all that. And, you know, if you have any questions or if you need some specific um, material, it's really cool to just be able to email them. And they're really good about sending that stuff over. Yeah. Now let's talk about the important stuff, the telescope. What do you got in the dome? Uh, so we have a 16 inch Ritchie. Oh. Um, it's an RCOS. Um, and that is mounted on a Paramount ME. Um, and then that's, that's, that, that's really nice equipment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, uh, amazing telescope. I mean, it's pretty much a research grade telescope. Yeah. That we have in the brewery. So, 
Um, we're really fortunate to have that. Um, so that's the main scope. And then the side telescope we have is a Teleview 101. And, uh, we use all Teleview eyepieces. We have uh, 12, Nagler, uh, 17, uh, 22, 27, and 31 millimeter. Um, so those are the eyepieces we run generally. Um, and then all that is housed in a 17 foot rotating ash dome. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, the next step is we want to get a H off telescope for solar because, you know, the solar minimum has been pretty. Uh, oh, hey, we have a sunspot right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's been a good one the last week. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been looking at getting an H off and I'm like, why? <laughs> I know. It's tough. So, yeah. Uh, yeah we, when we do our solar program and there's no sunspots, it's like, you know, you start talking about the other, uh, you know, it's nice to have the scale of the sunspots and be able mm -hmm. to talk about that as a, a good talking point and stuff. But when you don't have that, you know, it can be a, a little less exciting for folks, but still cool. Yeah. Now you do offer daytime observing of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. We do that Saturday and Sunday, one to three. Um, like I said, we just have the, the white light filter right now, but, um, you know, hopefully get the, uh, we're looking at maybe a 70 millimeter Coronado oh, and nice. run that on the side of our scope too. Um, cause our, our mount can hold a little bit more weight. So we'd be yeah. fine having like the, the two different, you know, the H alpha and the Telview on there. It should be good. Yeah. Now you have cameras too that you use. Um, no, we, we haven't got a really into imaging too, too heavily as far as like CCD or, um, any dedicated imaging cameras. Um, I do have a Sony a seven three mirrorless camera that, um, mm -hmm. uh, I use for just astrophotography and nightscape photography. Um, and I will occasionally hook that up to our, uh, our Richie and, you know, do some relatively short exposures, really nothing longer than like, uh, five or 10 minutes, just kind of, uh, simple stuff. We haven't gotten to like the all might, uh, and, and the main reason is, uh, you know, we're not really research facilities. We haven't like, you know, uh, funded that aspect of it, mm -hmm. but, um, it's something I've kind of done on the, on the side, just as a fun thing to promote what we're looking at and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause the equipment you have, you can get a photometer and do some, you know, light curves of asteroids and things like that with, with what you have. I mean, it's, Oh yeah. 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 We could do some cool stuff with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm sure you've you've worked there basically since it opened, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been running the telescope since we opened. And you have any interesting stories of people that have come and visited along the way? Oh man, um, <laughs> you know we've had. I mean, you could just imagine you've run the whole gambit of of people coming through a brewery and uh, <laughs> certain people that you know are maybe a little intoxicated or. <laughs> or something like that. And you get a wide range of questions. You know, I've got, um, pretty much everything you could imagine. Um, most of the time, you know, uh, it's generally 95% of people's first experience at an observatory. So, mm -hmm. um, they're always super stoked and it's like such a cool thing. Wow. I can't believe this is at the, the brewery. And then occasionally you'll have people, um, and I'm sure you've experienced this, that, uh, their expectations of what objects should look like through a telescope are a little bit 
different from reality. Now you mentioned looking at galaxies this time of year, and I'm like, I know at public star parties, I stay away from galaxies you know, to yeah. my telescope. Yeah, so I've really tried to focus on um, you know the bright objects that we can see really well. Mm-hmm. If it's summer and we have a really busy night, instead of doing a galaxy, I'll do like you know one of the good globular clusters like M13 or something, the bright stuff just to get people interested. And then if someone's really, really uh, uh, nerding out on this stuff with me, then we'll go over to some obscure objects. And uh, those are the objects I really like to view because, uh, you know, it's kind of a challenge to see and the perspective I feel like a galaxy gives you is really cool. Yeah. I'm sure, and after a few beers, everything is a faint fuzzy. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the other aspect is uh, people coming in and the dome rotating with the red lights, ah. uh, you know, a little vertigo inducing. So sometimes you can't tell if they have vertigo or. If they have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also the way the, the, the way the sound bounces off the dome too. I'm sure that freaks people out. They can hear people whispering on the other side of the dome and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> what do you tell us about the, uh, the restaurant and the beer? Yeah, so Worthy Brewing started in 2013. It opened. It was built in 2012. And, um, you know, Roger's a guy that's really passionate. Roger Worthington, he's the owner of Worthy. Um, really passionate about beer. He owns Indie Hops, which is a, a local uh, hop farm in the Willamette Valley. And, um, you know, started the brewery as, you know, a passion project, loving beer. Um, wanted to create a space where people could gather and um, enjoy those types of things. So um, started the brewery. We have uh, a pretty big facility. I mean, our campus is just massive. Um, I think we're producing 12, 15,000 barrels a year, um, which compared to, you know, some other big facilities isn't a ton but we're focusing a lot on um, the restaurant experience too. And um, so when you come in, it's, it's a really cool vibe. All of the wood in the entire restaurant is actually uh, repurposed um, wood. It's all renovated from the Oregon insane asylum. Oh, really? And yeah, there's an interesting story behind that. Um, Roger loves one flew over the cuckoo's nest and Ken Kesey. So, um, he actually bought up all of the wood from the insane asylum when they were tearing it down and um, put it into the rafters of Worthy. So you can see all this really beautiful old wood. And there's uh, these little uh, coins that are in, embedded in the wood. I remember seeing that when we were having lunch. And yeah. You know, the people we were, we were with pointed them out to me. It's, it looks like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, okay. So it's the certified cuckoo wood. And that's where <laughs> the coins in the wood are. Um, so yeah, that, that was just kind of, you know, there's all these Easter eggs around worthy. There's uh really cool tile tile work on the, the pizza kitchen or the, the pizza oven rather. Um, it has a tomato that has a ring system around it, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, below the observatory tower, we have what we call the transporter room, um, which is just beautiful, uh, tile work. It features, um, you know, some Star Trek references and uh, planets and stuff like that. And um, if you look in the middle of that room, which is, you know, it's the bottom of the tower, it, you can see the uh, isolation pier of the telescope that goes up 
through all three floors to the very top. Um, so that's, you know, the foundation of the telescope starts in that room. So we wanted to create a cool space with cool visuals. And uh, we have TV monitors that are playing um, kind of some of my favorite uh, educational videos that I've uh, stumbled across the last few years. We keep those updated, try to keep it fresh for um, people to enjoy when we're not necessarily open. Yeah, it's, I was impressed. It's a nice nice facility. looks brand new. Uh, yeah. The food was good. The beer was good. So I really enjoyed myself there. Yeah, now, you don't yeah. allow beer in the dome, do you? Yeah, we don't allow it actually in, in the observatory um, with the telescope. Um, just because you could imagine there's been, you know, a drop glass or two. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you can bring it up to the top and we have a table outside and just oh. put put the beer outside there. So you don't have to fully abandon your beer. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Um, anything else you'd like to share about the observatory or the experiences that you've had there? Well, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just something I'm re- really passionate about. So, you know, if you have the opportunity, if you live locally or if you're passing through or have plans to this summer, I'd really enjoy uh, any of you out there listening to stop by and, and take a look through our telescope. Um, you know, I really got involved in astronomy because it was something that, um, you know, just blew my mind. I grew up in Sisters, Oregon, so pretty close to Bend, just a little north. And um, just got to experience some really beautiful skies And in high school. Um, really started to pay attention and wanted to learn more about it. And once I discovered how, you know, just amazing this stuff was, uh, it quickly became a passion and I wanted to. Sh- share that with people. So, um, you know, come by and, uh, take a look through the telescope and we'll, uh, chat space. Great. Now you met, you mentioned you'd like to get a H alpha telescope to go along with it. Are there any other future plans that you see for it? Um, you know, I might, I might want to get a little more into, uh, you know, look into getting a dedicated imaging camera at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a future goal too. Um, you know, the H alpha and that would be two really cool things. It would, it would be awesome to maybe, uh, be able to stream the view of what we're looking at, um, while we're viewing down to to the TVs in the pub or something like that. Um, that would would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. It might be hard to convince people to check that out during like football season, but, um, (laughs) you know, we could flash it in there every once in a while. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, also getting maybe an all sky camera would be cool to um, stream current weather conditions onto our website just to keep people updated. Um, you know, if they're coming into town from from somewhere else, they could just check our website and see how good the scene conditions are. Um, we obviously link to like clear sky chart and stuff like that, but it'd be kind of cool to have a visual like that. It would. Yeah. Now, tell our listeners when the observatory is open again. Yeah, so currently we're in our spring schedule, which is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, we're open 8 to 9 p.m. And Friday, Saturday, we're open 8 to 10 p.m. Um, for night sky viewing. And then solar viewing is Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. Um, and all that is obviously weather dependent, so make sure you check the weather before coming out. Um, we're going to be transitioning to our... Uh, summer schedule Memorial Day, 
And that will be the the same nights. We're just going to be bumping everything an hour forward. So we're going to be starting at nine rather than 8 PM. Okay. That sounds great. I will put links to, um, hop observatory and, uh, and any other information in the show notes. So anybody interested can check you out on the, on the, uh, observer notebook, uh, link page. That sounds great. Thank you so much. No problem. How can everybody get in contact with you if they have questions? Yeah. If you want to reach out to me personally, um, you can send uh, an email to my, my work address, which is grant at worthygardenclub.com. Um, more than happy to answer any questions that any of you have. Great. Well, Grant, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank Grant Tandy for coming on today and talking to us about the Observatory up in Bend, Oregon. And I really highly recommend any of you traveling to the Pacific Northwest, uh, if you have a hankering for beer and some good food and it's a dark sky, definitely, definitely stop by. If you're interested in more information, just check out the show notes. We upload a new episode of The Observer Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I do appreciate it. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month where you will receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his continued generous support of the podcast. Thank you very much, Steve. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO is in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, I hope your beer glasses are full and you have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>